Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I'm going to be talking all about the plunder games, what they are, how you can get involved in Sea of Thieves, and it is this week's, or excuse me, this month's community episode. We had some great guests on to talk about some thoughts about power creep in Sea of Thieves, as well as the review overall for the tall tales since they've haven't had a chance to really talk about it so all that and more in this week's episode of keel hauled podcast all right pirates this week i have to thank the patrons for supporting me it means a lot i had the realization the other day that uh i have been making podcasts for uh, over three years at this point uh it's always been a hobby and i never thought about this until i was listening to another podcast talk about uh, amateur and professional and I remembered that amateur is just something that you do with enough passion that you just aren't getting paid for yet but this time I'm starting to actually get paid for podcasting so I am now a professional podcaster and that is because of the folks that I'm going to name off right now so Bentley Beaver, Chateau Neuf, Chris Horn, Cosmic Johnson, El Jefe Esteban, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Kazi of the Rogues, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Munchie, Papa Fuzz, Registella, Rust Belt Kid, T and Professor, Big Bad Pat, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Davram TV, Fergatron, Straw Hat Connor, Tech Deku, Windsor Chris, and Zamwow. You are all helping make me into a professional podcaster, which I can put on a resume and help get into a better job where I'm doing something that I love and I can't do that without you. So thank you. It means the world to me and I love you so much for that. If you guys have any concerns, questions, comments, hit me up, let me know. I've got some ideas that I'm going to be playing around with. Thanks to the help with El Jefe Esteban. Uh, I'm going to see if I can do some fun stuff for the patrons in the future. Um, other than that, I had a really good time watching the Pirates of the Caribbean 4 with you all. Uh, again, August is going to be the Pirates of the Caribbean 5 film. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that. So join up. We've been watching it in the Discord. Patreon.com forward slash Keelhob podcast. If you want to know, uh, the links are in the show notes. The support means a lot to me. And I'm going to see if I can start getting back uh, some more stuff for you guys with that. With that, Pirates, let's get to the episode. All right, Pirates. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are going to be talking all about the Plunder Games. Now, this is Sea of Thieves version of the Olympics, uh, but not necessarily in the way that you would imagine. In fact, this is probably the simplest type of thing you can do to uh, really have a plunder games kind of thing at all uh they are going to be doing some in-game event rewards so opening ceremony began on july 23rd which if you don't know the olympics this year are actually from the 23rd of july to the 8th of august in tokyo japan they are technically the uh 2020 olympics but because of covid they had to actually push them back to 2021 so those are going on right now this event, the Plunder Games, is actually going from July 23rd to August 16th. So there's an additional eight days on top of the normal time frame that it would normally take. So each day is going to unlock a new event. And from what it looks like, each event is going to reward 9,999 gold, which is kind of a weird number. Not sure why we're going that with that. But beginning 
with each one uh, each day and opening up each additional day. I'm going to work through all of the different tasks that you can do so you know kind of what you're expecting going into each day. Two days are already open up, so it's not too hard. First day opening ceremony, all you had to do, light a beacon with a flame of fate using your lantern uh, to begin the plunder games. Today, or the time of recording this, defeat 10 skeletons while they are affected by cursed cannonballs easier on a beach. They're giving hints now if you want to do some stuff like that. The next day is going to bring uh, climb up and ring the bell found atop the glorious Sea Dogs Tavern. That is an adventure mode only. So you know that that uh, bell that's up at the very top. You don't necessarily have to run the obstacle course. You just have to ring the bell. Next, you've got locate and defeat a megalodon. Yes, it counts as a sport. Uh, the next after that is Pose with grace and strength as you unlock the vault beneath a skeleton fort or fort of fortune. This does not include the fort of the damned. Next, you've got defeat three skeletons at once by detonating a nearby gunpowder skeleton. Uh, this, I would pay attention to the fact that they say that it's a gunpowder skeleton and not just a gunpowder keg. Uh, you can't just grab one, take it over to three skeletons and get that one. Next, you've got weave this way and that, performing three sharp turns while sailing by dropping the anchor. After that, the next day, uh, starting on the 30th of June or July, you've got launch yourself with power and precision from a ship's cannon to land on the deck of another ship this one is going to be a little bit tougher uh, that starts in five days the next one after that that starts in six days uh, be swift and nimble to defeat a shark using a gunpowder barrel then you've got play a shanty aboard your ship as you and your vessel sink below the waves in unison uh, the next day after that unleash the power of flame and burn three skeletons at once using a firebomb or a chest of rage Interesting that they're not letting you use one of those, uh, one of the, the flamethrowers. Uh, after that, you've got sprint and leap across islands until you locate and defeat an ashen guardian. That, that's a, that's a stretch. That's a, that's a weird stretch there. Not gonna, not gonna lie. Uh, by the way, the ashen guardians, for those that may not be acquainted, are the keepers of the voyages that get you, uh, voyages for the the ch chests of rage what are my cats doing oh hold on all right they're scratching at the door i'm home alone with the cats i don't know what to do they're gonna get me i know it i just don't know when anyway getting back to what i was talking about the ashen guardians are like emergent captains that you'll find on islands but they are two types there's the ashen key masters and the ashen guardians so the guardians actually hold the 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 voyage to be able to dig up uh chests i i can't remember if it's a chest of rage or if it's just one of those lock chests, but I have a feeling it's one of the chests of rage. Anyway, moving into the next one, you have to be able to do, uh, with all your strength, hurl a bucket of vomit over uh, an enemy pirate's brandishing a sword. This is actually, I think, one of the achievements uh, for the game. I can't remember for sure. Uh, the day after that, pass the baton by handing a treasure chest over to another crew and having them turn it in. Basically, give another crew a chest. Uh, that one's starting on the 5th of August. On the 6th of August, uh, run, jump, and swim for loot until you have five chests hoarded at once. That's pretty simple. Uh, on August 7th, you've got ascend to a skeleton throne or a large throne alongside another crew and sit down. So skeleton thrones. And the last one that starts on August 8th, celebrate the end of the plunder games by drinking with another crew while at an outpost. If you can't tell... All of these have a theme of a different event, uh, hurling, chest relay, 
uh, Pantheon Loot, uh, Trackafiend, Friathon, Synchronized Sinking, Slalom, Human Javelin, uh, Finastics, uh, which is a play on words for Sharkfin, uh, Trap Shooting Vault, Big Game Fishing, uh, Steeplechase, oh, <laughs> Volleyball or Brawl, Volley Brawl, I, like, I actually like that one, and of course Opening Ceremonies. All of these are just ways to earn extra gold. If you, if you, the the ones that I've noticed uh, are all already kind of shaking their head because this is uh, a lot of these are things that you can do as trials in the game uh, for your renown. So anyone that is working on your renown still, this is going to be a good way not only to earn renown for uh, your your levels and mark off some of those trials, but you'll also be able to get a fair amount of gold out of these. Uh, what is this? Uh, two weeks worth of uh, gold at 10,000. No, what is that? Yeah, 10,000 gold a piece. So it's it's a fair amount of gold. Nothing to really shake your head at. And most of these are pretty easy to do solo. You don't really have to worry about being in another crew. The ones that are going to be the toughest, honestly, are going to be the ones where you have to find specific things. So uh, finding an Ashen Guardian is going to be a pain sometimes. Uh, throwing a bucket of vomit over an enemy pirate brandishing a sword, that's that's going to be tough. I'm curious to know if that's something you can do in Arena or not, because you may have to have uh, some friends help you out with that one. Uh, other things like that, giving you know a chest over to another crew, it doesn't say that it can be any like a skull. It has to be a chest. It can't be a keg. So things like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure most everyone's going to get onto a small skeleton throne. I'd be really surprised if uh, people are, are looking for another crew to use one of the larger thrones. Uh, celebrating the end of the plunder games with drinking with another crew in an outpost. That one's going to be a little bit harder if you aren't able to find a crew uh, with that. So it, this is one of those instances where I will actually recommend... Uh, join up into the Discord. Um, keep an eye out for people who are uh, building up fleets. And uh, to the Keelhauled crew, keep in mind that a lot of people uh, are going to want to have some help with some of these too. So if you're able to get a couple ships on a server, if that's something that's in your in your forte there, uh, try and fill them up with some folks to make sure that uh, people are getting these. The one thing that I will have to, I, I have to mention again, this is uh, ending uh, with the unlocks on the 8th of August and you get till the 16th of August to complete these. So you get a full eight days to be able to try and uh, do all of these if you want. So if you want to wait, you know, till August to, to start working on these, you know, give it a seven days, work on knocking all of them out in like a weekend uh, sale session. That's a good way to do it. Try and get as many of the early ones done as possible. Or just wait until the 8th of August when all of these are going to be unlocked and spend the next week working on those. But with the way most people generally play the game, you're going to be doing it on the weekend and in shorter sessions than most people that have a lot of time and or if this is their one game. Uh, the folks that have it as their one game, if you knock this out uh, pretty early on, try and cycle in some people, you know, especially if it's uh, something where you've already got the cannons lined up for a skeleton throne or you've already got another ship set up and people are already uh, able to to, you know, get theirs knocked out. Check and see if anyone in the Discord needs to get some of those taken care of or knocked off and make it easier for others to uh, to get those checked off just so they can get the gold, if anything. 10, 10K is pretty nice for uh, this many days to be able to, to, to work through it. I can't even think how many days that is. What is that? Nine? No. Uh, seven plus another eight. Is that 15 days? 
15 days worth of uh worth of 10,000 so 150,000. I I'm I'm good with that. That's a pretty that's a pretty hefty chunk. That's a good voyage for a night that you can knock out on top of the the stuff that you're generally doing. Um overall thoughts for this? It's interesting. It's a it's a really I was not expecting them to do plunder games. I I, I genuinely was curious what we were going to be having for the next event. Uh, but when it turned out to be plunder games, I, I didn't, I didn't see this coming and we got an email before any announcement too, which is really strange too. Uh, the one thing that I will say is, um, going on right now is Sea Thieves looks to be doing a, <laughs> a Sea of Thieves, um, TV show on Fridays. I don't know if this is going to be something that persists, but uh yeah, that that's uh on on <laughs> weekly adventures on Friday uh the 23rd. Um it looks like it's something that's going to be going on 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh noon on Eastern Coast and uh 5 p.m. on British Standard Time or 6 p.m. uh GMT. I don't know what the what the conversion is for Australia folks, but I think it's the following day uh, earlier in the morning. So um, apologies to you guys for, who want to watch this, but they're doing Sea of Thieves television. And <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is their their new version of a weekly stream. Uh, I'm still kind of wondering when the next episode of the podcast is going to happen. Uh, I have not received any emails asking me to take over those duties yet, so uh, until that happens, you you guys will have to wait for them to to put it out on their own. Um, one thing that I will say that actually was kind of awesome, uh, Tamaz, who is one of the one of the 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 old salts in Sea of Thieves, uh, went and and did something amazing today. I was not expecting this, and uh, it, I, I was shown off uh, this this artwork that he did um, when I was just about to actually record uh, the podcast with the the Keelhauled members. We were doing our community episode, which you'll hear as soon as we as soon as I finish up with this. But shout out to Tamaz, um, who is got a sheep icon, which I, I still don't understand. But uh, they they went and did custom artwork livery sets for community members like race of legends since ironically last episode i was talking to uh doug and dread pirate doug doesn't have race of legend livery sets even though they he really should have some sales to give away to people who run the race of legends and win uh but he he did some livery sets and i'm going to leave a link in the show notes uh the keelhauled discord members have already seen it hopefully but the race of legends the sea of thieves community uh group my podcast the merfolks lullaby group and the ancient isles university group all got livery sets custom designed uh to 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 see as like a concept of what these communities could show off for their livery sets and i i kid you not if there was a way that i could grab like a list of of the active members for the discord and you know see like who's who's you know just hanging out or who's actually participating with the community and give out codes for the livery set that uh tamaz did for uh for for these like communities like i totally would because the keel hauled one is so cool it's so so amazing it is a green base with uh light uh white accenting the sails have uh green from top sail to bottom with the red gradient coming up just like the icon with the cross swords and the uh eye patch skelly uh skull on uh just above it the front of the ship 
is uh, covered with red as if the gradient um, is is starting red and then bleeding into green for the back of the ship. It looks like I literally like if I was sailing this, it looks like I had rammed like a megalodon and the blood had just stained the front of the ship except for the white parts of the accent. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I love it. I love the Sea of Thieves community one as well, too. It's all white with very beautiful kind of wispy clouds of, of blue and uh, uh, tentacles that are going up around the Reaper's Mark for the actual sails. The Race of Legends one is amazing because it's basically a green and gold motif, and it's got like a racing, uh, like a finishing flag in gold and, and green for the top sail for the flag. Uh, and it's got the Race of Legends with, you know, uh, little dashed lines leading to different islands with the flags on it and the ROL for the uh, for the logo and stuff. Absolutely amazing. I love these so much. And they he did such a great job of... Uh, uh, sh showing just what community-based livery sets could be for Sea of Thieves. And I, I mean, I would love, I would genuinely love for Rare to do stuff like this, not just because it it would, you know, benefit my community, because I, I still wonder how relevant the Keelhauled podcast is for Sea of Thieves. I know the old salts are out there shaking their fists like, how dare you? Uh, but I'm, I'm not a streamer really i don't have as much influence as like they do for that kind of thing in in my mind but this is like so cool to be included with this that i was just blown away and i had to I had to record the podcast like as he was showing me this stuff and i didn't want to didn't want to mention it to anyone until after i was done because i didn't want it to dominate the conversation uh but it's really awesome that that that's a thing um the other thing that i wanted to talk about too was uh, we had the Sea of Thieves, um, with, like Doug and I mentioned this last episode. So if you wanted to understand kind of where the the, the emphasis of, of this is, uh, the, the Sea of Thieves shot contest ended and a ton of people won. Uh, they expanded the number of people that were going to win the contest. I never did get my Jurassic Park photos in and I'm bummed about that because I, I kept telling myself I would do it. I didn't ever bother to hit up uh, Caleb to see if he could help me get the shots in. I, I love all of the people that managed to get some of the, the winners for it, at least on the Twitter. Uh, they had like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Um, they had like uh, the, the oh, I can't think of what the movie is. It's John Travolta where he's dancing. It's the disco one. I can't remember what it is. You guys will tell me in in uh notes and in the discord and stuff but they've got that you got like karate kid dancing or like balancing on a on a boat on the lake uh it's it's they're so good the peter pan one uh on the on the top sale one that one actually won uh i saw over on instagram that the um the tarzan one with uh jane and tarzan one that's it's like there's so many of these were just so good so creative i'm so impressed with the community and man if they're if they could do around two of these i would love to see what some other people came up with for ideas as far as like trying to recreate scenes from films in uh sea of thieves uh well done congrats to everyone that won uh super super impressed it was such a cool thing to, to be able to check out um that's it as far as news is concerned uh we don't really know if we're getting any more events after uh the plunder games the plunder games is kicking up again that's in full swing right now we've got another 13 days i think uh of things that unlock and then you've got another eight days after they're all unlocked to actually be able to finish those up so make sure you're paying attention to the events tab 
uh, to, to try and knock some of those out, especially if you're working on Renown. Those are going to help you get extra gold as well as experience since some of those things are technically trials. And with that, I think it's time to jump into this episode with the community members. Uh, thank you all for your patience. Uh, I had a great time chatting with them and I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Today, I have with me the Gold Hoarders. It is the monthly Keelhauled Gold Hoarder episode. And this week, I think we've got some fun uh, topics that we're going to be covering. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, a topic that, that covers Sea of Thieves and some potential woes that I might have for the game in the future, uh, given the, the trajectory that we're on right now uh, that was actually spurned upon by one of the Gold members themselves. So uh, let's go ahead and break down who's here and who's going to be chatting with us uh we've got captain munchie how are you doing welcome you doing dandy fine definitely not burning <laughs> <laughs> yeah stay cool everyone it's a hot summer this week uh and then we have el jefe esteban how are you doing sorry i had to uh, drag you away from zelda uh, it's all good i am doing well awesome uh mina fairy back again welcome how are you hello i'm all right melting <laughs> I'm so sorry. And of course, uh, we have Big Bad Pad joining us. Uh, Pad, how are you doing? I'm doing very well today. Thank you very much. Awesome. Uh, well, two topics that we uh, that I figured we could cover. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, the, the topic of power creep and uh, the tall tales from the community perspective. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, at the end of the first month, uh, this group joined in and we all discussed the first tall tale uh, pretty early on, hopefully not to spoil too much for anyone. Uh, but I did want to get their feelings on the later half of the tall tales two through five. Uh, I broke these down with Caleb in an earlier episode, if you want to hear my thoughts. So I will, uh, open up the floor to them and, uh, get their feedback, their feelings on them. If anything stuck out for them. But first I wanted to talk about Sea of Thieves and something that I have concerns about. Um, and this is something that I think is, uh, is I'm not alone in. Uh, pad before we started recording had mentioned this as well um, but i have a fear of sea of thieves dealing with power creep which if mm, I, it's hard to actually describe how this works uh without using a moba reference because in most games uh you don't have to worry about this with most games uh games are balanced well enough that you you don't have this issue of becoming so powerful or the vice versa that uh, enemies are becoming so powerful that you hit this roadblock in the game where it feels like you're either progressing to the point where everything is just completely meaningless, nothing is really a challenge, and you just blow through all the content, or the exact opposite happens where you hit a, uh, a brick wall and you don't know how to get around it because the game didn't prepare you well enough to tackle the challenges that came with this um, in a game that has horizontal progression where nothing is uh, nothing is actually getting stronger. There's just more of it. Uh, we're running into a situation that pad brought up that I will I will let him kind of take the floor and describe. But uh, I'm starting to wonder if maybe there's just a little too much in Sea of Thieves and the content that was uh, a drought at the beginning of the game three years later has now supplanted that thought with maybe we have too many things in the game, but had, what were your thoughts on this? You brought this up. Uh, I wanted to give you the floor. Um, and, and I know much you were, 
you were feeling the same way as uh, as well. So take it away. Uh, yeah, with, because obviously with the tall tales, they've brought in the new enemies, um, which I just call crustaceans or ghosties. Um, we, I think we were doing an Athena, um, and we'd got to the the emissary mission and going to the islands for the digs. And you get off the boat onto the island, and there are already the crustaceans on the beach. Not a problem. Deal with that. Then the skellies pop up, and you get the ghosties. And there can be times where you are fighting in excess of 20 enemies, and there's only one or possibly two of you on the beach, and you've only been there for 20 seconds. Um, I, I do... I, I wholeheartedly enjoy the new enemy types. My one issue with the ghosties is their um, lunge attack, or the way they disappear and then lunge at you from nowhere um, and take half your health. Um, but my other concern is you either get nothing, like you say, in terms of get there and you can quite happily go and do your dig, or you end up with too many enemies. And the, diver- the diversity is brilliant, but just the quantity of trying to fight over a what would have been a 20 second dig on an island turns into a five minute battle before you can even do the dig yeah uh, hopefully that's, it's it's a, hopefully it's a simple fix um that they can obviously just turn down um or off some of the enemies that spawn because whilst it's nice having different ones i just don't really want all of them at the same time it seems kind of crazy right like munchie you were talking how you uh you like it but um are, are do you think that there needs to be like restrictions on islands like they need to lock out other types of enemies so much in the same way that enemy or islands have uh two types of animals do they need to do something about like making sure only two types of enemies spawn on islands and you have to know where those are or have them kind of fit uh thematically depending on where you are like what what would you feel about this to an extent i don't think it needs to be say uh, segregated to different islands i feel that it just needs to be tweaked to as the spawn rate isn't insanely high because take into account that there's not people that go and cruise so fighting them like pad said will turn into t- 20 seconds of getting the item getting back on the ship to five minutes of drawing out just killing separate enemies well i get the ocean crawlers because if you kill them you get a chance on getting a uh a siren gem which usually is the same thing of a, a mermaid gem usually it's worth the cost but it's just not worth the time i feel though that the, the ghosts enemies do need some tweaking or at least to the point where there's some payoff of having to deal with them too because like pad said for some reason if you see one with a blender and they just teleports away with the same distance that you were to shoot it with a blender it would do no damage but for some reason it just almost one shots you yeah but yeah it's uh, half a uh, mina do you guys feel this kind of sentiment is is this something where it doesn't bother you uh it's mixed mate feelings it kind of depends i feel like it's worse on smaller islands because i guess because you just have less landmass and the spawn rate seems to be similar between those and big islands at least with big islands you've got more room to kind of maneuver around in um but it, it there is times where i just feel like that you know there was a time in the game when skelly spawn rate was excessive and they dialed that back i think you just i think they just need to tweak the spawn rates i mean it's in and even the same thing with the sirens too i mean if you get you know you got a couple crews together, like we're fighting somebody, you get in the water and sirens pop up. It's it's very possible to have one to two dozen sirens swimming around in the water. And it's, I mean, plus sharks. 
I mean, it's it can get crazy, uh, both on land and sea. And I, I love, I absolutely love all the all the new enemy types. But I do think that there just needs to be a little tweaking going on with the uh, the spawn rates. Um, I love the new enemy types as well. Um, I do feel like the others have said that sometimes the spawn rate can be a bit excessive. Um, I liken the sirens to the Hydra because you get three spawning on you and you kill one and another three spawn and every time you kill one it seems like another three spawn until it's just just get out of the water and leave but I like them but yeah it's sometimes you can spend like Patty said five minutes fighting them before you can do anything and they don't even drop stuff especially the ghosts they yeah. don't drop anything yeah, I've, I've definitely had a couple instances where I'll go to try and actually just get some supplies. Like I'll just do a drive by and, and try and pick up some supplies. And while I'm going there, uh, there will be like one of the eel crustaceans and it'll have a shield on from one of the crab bosses. And it's like it's in my way and it's attacking me. So I can't get the barrel and I'm just like, I can't kill it because I'd have to go disrupt the shell thing. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I just wanted to get supplies. That's all I wanted to do. I don't want to have to die to get to get a couple bananas and some planks. Um, do you think like it, it seems like everyone's in agreement, though, that the design is great and that the variety is great, but they're just really, really ramped up on the spawn rate. Um, is that is is that something that if that's tuned, would that be enough? Uh, meaning you mentioned that the ghosts don't drop anything, Pat. I, I think you agree as well. Uh, what would be a, a something that could remedy that? Because skeletons at the moment, you know, unless you're a captain, skeletons don't actually drop anything. But uh, those don't those don't bother us. Uh, so what what is it about the ghosts that feel like they deserve to have loot? Uh, ooh, ooh, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. So make it to where, like, you know how sometimes named captains can spawn out of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. Do it to where that, yeah, th those little groups of ghosts can still spawn, but sometimes make it to where there's a chance to where there's also a named ghost that can spawn. And you know how there's the uh, skulls of the damned, right? Mm -hmm. Make it to where that, that named ghost captain or whatever drops one as well. Mm. So you're thinking same thing as like skeleton captains but in a ghost variety. Or also make it to where if that named captain does get killed and you end up killing it, make it to where it drops, say, a um, a map or maybe a riddle. Oh, hey, what if they uh, what if they they dropped uh, a message in a bottle quest that was similar to the ghost ship voyages? So like you killed the captain, now go kill the fleet. That would actually be that'd be a good way to, to prompt the uh, fleet hunts. That'd be pretty good. Anyone else have any ideas? Um, I don't think the ghosts necessarily need to drop anything. Like the island skeletons that spawn on you every so often when you're on islands don't drop anything. Um, I think they just need to be maybe dialed back a little bit so that they're still there and there's still something that gets in your way, as it were. But maybe not to the extent that they do at the moment. Okay. Mm. F.A., I know you were wanting to jump in there. Yeah, I mean, I see it both ways. Um, 
I mean, I get that regular skellies have not dropped anything ever, unless it was a captain. Uh, so, I mean, maybe having the idea of, of I like what Munchie said about maybe just the random chance that, you know, one of the ghosts is a captain and, you know, drop a something, you know, whatever that something is. Um, but I think just that in general, I just think the main issue is just that you just feel like you're swarmed every time you touch an island and mm. extra work that has to go involved to, you know, do whatever it is you're doing there just gets it can be a little become a little frustrating there have been times we've turned up to islands and not bothered going on the island because there's been a skelly captain or the island skellies have spawned and then the crustaceans have spawned as well and they Mm. end up fighting each other it's like well we'll see and watch this for a couple of minutes first i understand why they're doing it because they are enemies but yeah just just tone it down a bit have it have it like the animal so you get two of the three not all three or have something there's got to be some programming way where, like, if so, there's three types of enemies, right? You've got your ocean crawlers, you've got your phantoms, and you got your skellies. You know, just make it to where only two of the three can spawn at any time. And if you kill all of, say, type A, then type C then can spawn because type B is still there. Something like that. Just something. Just just something. Just it just needs to be balanced a little bit in some way, shape, or form. Um, or let them be able to attack each other. I know, like right now, the ocean crawlers will attack skellies. Um, sometimes you'll see pass an island and you'll see this wad of just action going on. You look over there and there's ocean crawlers just waylaying on a captain. Um, so I don't. I don't know what the what the right answer is. I just know that you just. A, a tweak of some sort needs to happen in some way just to kind of balance it out because I just feel like it's a little out of balance at the moment. So this kind of jumps into the idea of power creep in my mind where it it's starting to get to the point now where a lot of players are starting to notice just how much Sea of Thieves is tending to PvE you and posing it to, to you all, uh, feel free to jump in if you have a thought on it. Um, do do we need to figure out a way to scale back some of what's going on? Does Rare need to hold off on introducing any new enemy types until this gets worked out? Uh, or is everything okay? They just need to, to cut back the spawn rate. Are you happy with the number of threats in the world? Because the, the sheer number of threats that we have in Sea of Thieves vastly outnumbers the, the number of hostile human ships that could be going out there. And is there a point where Sea of Thieves has so much going on that you can't you can't even do like a standard mission anymore? Like, has it gotten to that point yet for you? No, not we're not. I'm not. I'm not there yet. Um, but the frustration level definitely has increased. Um, number of enemy types, I think, is fine. I I, I really enjoy the variety. Uh, I think that that was something that's been needed for a long, long time. Um, so, you know, kudos to Rare for that. Um, I mean, you can still get things done. It's just that you just have to make sure that you've got something more than bananas on you if you hop off on an island. I mean, you gotta, you just have to, you just have to change your mindset of you have to be prepared for toxic PVE just like you would if you're getting ready to go into a PVP battle. I, I like uh, to refer to what I said earlier. I I bank it all on risk to reward. Whether or not doing all that is worth, you know, the the blood and sweat and tears, so to speak. I I personally, in terms of to player threats, to entity threats or environment threats, I believe it does need to be scaled down just a tad. 
to the point to where it's not turning digs into an absolute royale to say the least because there's times where i'm with my crew uh, it's usually a four man we usually either load up nowadays athena or reapers but since most of the crew has already maxed out reapers we've focused athena or maybe even order of souls uh because we also have a couple in our group that have not reached pirate legend from time to time i think we still have one more we have to fix but when it comes to player threats the new influx of players have usually decreased that because not many people are as you know violent so to speak so i feel like decreasing the amount of environment threats would be a good balance i don't know that's more of my view on it awesome um anyone else have any uh quick feelings on this or or are you guys pretty sated with the uh with the, the power creep conversation oh a way to fix because i don't know if uh, i i probably just never noticed it but some new players probably don't have no way to effectively fight the newer enemies so i feel like Maybe if they're new and they're into their first like 10 hours of play into the game, maybe allow them to have a title card that gives them a tip or something about how to effectively fight the uh, ocean crawlers or the phantoms, because I know damn well that uh, they will have a bit of a problem for that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Do they have that for the skellies? Uh, technically, in the Maiden's Voyage, you do kill a skelly. Yeah, they it's do tied have to a tree. Skellies don't have a barrier protecting them at times. Then you have to find a specific one to go and hit that one to then be able to hit the rest of them. So, yeah, it's possibly some instruction to assist newer players. The worst variation in the skellies is either the gold skellies, the phantom skellies, or the, you know, the, the bomb skellies, which... I feel might need a tip or two, but that's more of a cut and dry kind of situation. A new player will learn, oh, I should probably not hit them at melee range if they have a keg or hmm, they seem to also lose their ability to dodge my hits if they're in the light. It's more of a trial and error that we learned, but tips would help the newer players figure that out easily because some just don't look it up. They want to figure it out themselves or they want the game to teach them. Yeah, I suppose things like that and the fact that we were lucky in the fact that we were st- we were playing the game when these new additions were made. And so we knew that we had to get a lantern to be able to fight the excuse me, the shadow skellies. Um, so we've learned that because it was installed in the game when we were playing. Whereas obviously the people coming into the game now, especially for the tall tale stuff, um, they won't have that information, I suppose. Yeah. Have a go ahead. I've, I've kind of had that same general feeling of, you know, we've had, we've had a conversation multiple times before of like, can you imagine being a brand new player to this game right now with you load in and everything that's going on is like, where do I even start? What does all this even mean? I mean, the, the nice thing about those of us that's been playing now for years is that this has all kind of been, you know, piecemealed in. And so it, it's all built upon itself and everything makes sense to an experienced player. Um, but to a brand new player, it, um, it could be, it'd be overwhelming, I think. Sure. So I think here the and and um, Munchie, I, I like this suggestion. Uh, the one thing that I would tack on to that, if if I could, is in a lot of games where you have tutorial systems built in organically to what you're doing. If it's not something that's actually designed in the game, so that you you learn through trial, uh, 
much in the way that the maiden voyage teaches you how to attack a skeleton um there's an opportunity for you to give players information on how to deal with what they're dealing with but there's also an option in the settings that allow you to either turn off and or reset those tutorials uh so a lot of players that may be playing the game um started out and have experienced most of it but maybe have lapsed and are coming back uh, if they haven't played through the tall tales and they don't have any interest into them, uh, they may not learn how to deal with those different types of enemies. So having something that pops up during the first encounter that they come across them that says, hey, these are a new enemy type. Uh, this is how you can uh, these are the different things that you can you can expect with these. Uh, if you'd like to turn off these tips, head into the settings, accessibility, tutorial checkbox and give players the agency to, to either discover this stuff for themselves or to have those hints uh, caked into the or baked into the into the mix so that if you if you want to know, but you don't have any like I imagine a lot of people are probably playing it and or trying it for the first time, uh, don't have a crew, haven't haven't sailed very much, get off the outpost after the maiden's voyage and want to go visit an island and try and figure out what to do and, and not having information on how to defeat some of the enemies like a gold skelly uh, or a shadow skelly or a crustacean can be very painful uh, of an experience in a frustrating run, especially when there aren't any health bars on any of the enemies that we deal with. So there's no visual feedback for people to know what they're doing is is right or wrong uh in most cases sometimes you you hit it with uh you hit a gold i've seen plenty of pirates hitting gold skellies with swords repeatedly thinking that it's doing what they're doing it just has a heavier health pool instead of understanding that there's a a rust and uh projectile uh mechanic built into those skellies and without people to to take their hand and and you know pull them over and be like hey you know go get it wet and then shoot it with a gun they're never going to learn that because there's nothing that informs them of how to do that and that's that's fine because you know some people are going to discover it naturally if they see skeletons walking through a pool of water and they rust up and start to creak uh but others are never going to get that experience and or maybe a, a a you know it may be a long time before they find that kind of stuff out I see pirates every day learning stuff about the game that they're just I had no clue that was a thing. I had no no clue that rowboat had brakes on it. And I always just thought you had to row in a certain way and get lucky. Uh, and then they eventually implemented tips into the game to explain how the rowboat uh, works for people that are jumping in who missed it during the launch of uh, the the um, Devil's Roar. So I, I'm with you guys on that. I, I definitely think that that's a great way to try and educate the player base, uh, especially considering how many new players are jumping in. It's just like you said, it's a, it's a learning curve. That's about it. It's once a player gets over that learning curve, it's usually a smooth sail from there. No pun intended. Yeah, no, I think that's a great pun. I say go with it. Awesome. Well, um, if everyone's good on power creep, uh, I wanted to get some feelings in on the tall tales. 
Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any two VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, or you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that pirates, let's get back to the show. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, we talked about Tall Tale 1. Some of us were here for that, some of us weren't. Uh, but I wanted to get everyone's feedback on the the later Tall Tale. So I'll leave it up to uh, you guys and just kind of let you decide which ones you wanted to jump on. But given the the nature of the Tall Tales, I figured we could start off with two, go to three, four, and then five, um, if that's okay with everyone. I mean, yeah, it's fine. Okay. I mean, I've done one, two, and five, mainly because my experience is that when it first launched, they were heavily bugged, but I've still seen bits and pieces of it here and there of the other two that I haven't even experienced, but they're they're still fun. It's honestly, they, they took the time in making these. I mean, they're not insanely long like the original Tall Tales, but they they do have their bit of shock and awe, so to speak. Awesome. Well, I guess that's a really good question. Has everyone gotten a chance to complete all of them? Munchie mentioned that uh, he hadn't, but has everyone else? Yes, 100%. Yeah, I'm done. Yep. Okay. Um, Munchie, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to you, uh, depending on how, how spoiled you want to be on them. Um, oh, you can go ahead and spoil it. I'm perfectly fine. I, I Like I said, I've seen the other two tall tales from a different expect perspective but it's fine okay well let's let's start off with uh two then how uh the sunken pearl a great tall tale uh it had a ton of bugs at the beginning um i think rare did a great job in hot fixing a lot of the issues uh i still think that that people that run into other crews there are going to have a little bit of a, a trouble with that but i i feel like most people who wanted to get them have have gotten at least that one done in this instance uh, and, and are probably not going to run into the same issue again to get a, a more clear experience. But uh, how did everyone feel about going down into the depths for the first time and really getting a chance to explore what this coral uh, city is like? I really liked kind of the new environment i mean you know we've been screaming for a map expansion for a long time now and instead of going you know north south east or west they went down and i'm i'm good with that uh i think there's you know probably opportunity in the future to do even more things with that kind of that kind of uh expansion uh but with the tall tale in general i liked it i learned pretty quick about the whole if there's another crew down there hang it up just quit 
find a new server. And by me doing that, I didn't have to deal with many of the bugs. We had a couple of them here and there, but nothing, nothing like some of the people were having. Um, I think the key is make sure you're by yourself. Uh, but story-wise, it was good. I think it was, I was really cool seeing the kind of the Kraken swimming, you know, kind of outside the uh, outside the structure as you're going along, and you know, finally getting to see, you know, the full body of it. Um, it's one of those things you know, kind of wanted, you know, I've, I've wanted since day one. Uh, so in general, I liked it. It was good. I think you're onto a, they're onto a winner anyway. Rare and Disney are both quintessential storytellers. Um, and so you knew you were going to get a very good story out of it. Um, I just didn't realize how good a story, but also the new mechanics that were brought in in terms of statues and levers and frayable ropes, etc. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it was awesome. Um, we were unlucky the first attempt. Um, we went down, I think, with another two crews. And it was just got stuck halfway along and it's like well we can't go anywhere so we did as a hefe said we just quit out start another server go and do it yourself um i think on the third attempt we actually managed to get all the way through um but i just it was awesome they're all awesome um in, in for, for different reasons but um yeah i'd, I'd quite have well <laughs> we have gone back and done it two or three times because we have other people that aren't available every single day to sail so they come on once or twice a week and so we'll go back and do uh, one two three and four i think we've got we've got five to do again with um matt um, but yeah, i'll quite gladly go and do tall tales all day yeah definitely don't forget about mina uh mina how did you feel about the about the tall tales or two at least i i loved them um i was with paddy when we did them and yeah the first time round it was a nightmare um but we got it done because we just decided that we would just only do it if there was nobody else around and it was it was not a problem then it's the story's really good and all the different things you have to interact with i i really liked it and it's beautiful so pretty oh my god it's so good I love the the song that you get when you're swimming down and the debris is kind of leading you down into that area. And just as it opens up, like as soon as you get down to the bottom and everything kind of lightens up and you get to see the black pearl and the tower and oh god it's so majestic it's such a such a good job. It was more of just a general overall thought about all of the new tall tales. Story-wise, they're incredible. The the mechanic-wise I love the new mechanics. I love the new enemy types. In general, very, very pleased with what Rare and Disney did. My one criticism, maybe, uh, I feel like it was this across all five of them. Everything seemed very... I don't know the right word. It's almost like you're on a roller coaster ride and you didn't really have to do a whole lot of real effort in terms of like fighting and stuff. Like it just, it didn't, it, it didn't feel, it felt like it was made for people who probably who were there just to, just to kind of experience it more so than actually go in and actually like, you know, get in the middle of a knockdown drag out fight. Uh, that very well may have been by design. And if it is, that's, that's, Totally okay, totally fine. Um, but it was just one thing that I just I noticed, like over and over. It's like, eh, this is. I mean, I just feel like that. I don't really do a whole lot to progress things forward, in terms of like interacting with enemies. 
Yeah. Yeah. Munchie, uh, I think you wanted to jump in. I don't know. I was just interjecting at what F.A. said. And it's more of scripted as you go than figuring it out yourself or moving it along at your own pace, really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely recognize the the linear experience, the kind of on rails feel that you're talking about, Hefe. I uh, it, coincidentally enough, I've been playing through uh, Skyward Sword on my Switch because I just recently got released, and I feel the exact same way about that Zelda game compared to something like Breath of the Wild. Like Breath of the Wild is a very open game and allows you to really kind of explore and traverse and find all kinds of little hidden secrets, and you get rewarded for that. Not unlike adventure mode and Sea of Thieves, you can really kind of go wherever you want, do whatever you want and explore and get rewarded for that. Whereas the Tall Tales definitely feel like they are taking you down a path. They're trying to tell you a story and they're trying to uh, deliver on an experience that is akin to the ride, but the films as well. Uh, I, I'm, I am kind of curious, um, and if you have something you, you want to touch on with, uh, the, the tall tales in general, feel free to jump in. But, uh, has anyone, as we get into to three, has anyone been to Disneyland or Disney world experience Pirates of the Caribbean going into tall tale three, where we kind of traverse the, the, uh, the ride, as well as a majority of the center points for the different films, uh, and, and if you have, how does it compare? And if you haven't, uh, did this feel like a, like a, a worthwhile experience? Did it give you, um, an, an opportunity to experience something that you haven't seen, uh, and, and, you know, kind of push you out to like YouTube to check videos of, of what it's actually like. So I've never been to Disney world. Um, it's just one of those things that I've never got around to doing it, but after going through tall tale three, it really like solidified in, in myself that okay I've I've got to get there and go experience because it was doing it with someone who had been to Disney World multiple times and just watching them just geek out over thing or the whole thing I thought it was really it was really cool to kind of see them just 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 gush over all the minute detail and just the that Aaron Disney put in into that uh that just how well it was done um it really made me want to go to Disney and experience it for myself I've been to the uh Pirates of the Caribbean ride once I I feel that what they did for like sailing through the swamp on a on either a rowboat or whatever was supposed to pay heavy nod towards the ride but both 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 the the ride for Pirates of the Caribbean and the tall tale they're both enjoyable in their own experiences and both you kind of sit back and watch everything happen but yes you're also a part of it in the sense that it's fun to experience at your own pace definitely uh speaking to the town i'm curious um if you've gotten a chance to, to run around that town uh did you like having that atmosphere did, was that something that could be translated to adventure mode do you do you think that you would want to have like a pirate town and have different npcs kind of hanging out doing their own thing or uh do you like the way that the outposts are now and, and don't want that changed i think a couple of us have actually said that in the in the past that we have all these outposts who have seven people on them and it's like that's that's all they ever have unless there is another crew there um it would be nice to have um Oh, was it Sea of Thieves France put out um, a video on yeah. YouTube, I think it was. I've watched that this morning. That was absolutely brilliant. That's the sort of thing I'd want on that spire in the centre of the map because it is totally unused 
happen 99% of the game. Yeah, definitely. You have, you, have, you have this ideal position in the center of the map to put NPCs who could give you voyages, could give you um, everything. I, don't, I still don't understand why there isn't more going on at that center soil. I, uh, I uh, feel that if they were to do that, just make it a more populated area, I feel that, yes, we did just get into a map expansion, but I feel if for some for some reason they were able to incorporate another area into the Sea of Thieves within the Shroud or the Shroud expanding a little bit, I feel that if they were to add like maybe a Tortuga-based looking place or maybe with more buildings and stuff, like more people, more NPCs like sitting around, I feel that a more lively feel to it would probably attract even more people see that oh, more stuff's going to happen. Hey, I want to play some more, you know, all that. Yeah, that's kind of my feeling on a lot of uh what we're what we're doing um i i've I, if it's one thing that i i would actually kind of get your like to get your thoughts on uh with tall tale 3 we got tortuga in the form of well it's not technically tortuga technically it's the town that's from the actual ride uh and it's it's heavily uh implied that the fort that we run into before is a spanish fort um we finally got a couple of the things that i wanted in the game which was i wanted a fort defense mechanic in the game where you're kind of uh fighting against crews to uh protect a fort to defend it um unfortunately it felt very watered down to me uh when when black dog briar showed up uh with three galleons and started laying siege to the actual fort uh everything felt very very much like a facade like nothing was really actually doing anything uh with the with the town there's an actual point where barbosa's one galleon actually takes out the clock tower and it changes the the actual atmosphere uh and it changes the actual environment and when you're looking at three galleons laying siege to a fort and the fort has four tower four cannons at the top of it uh i was kind of disillusion to the attack that takes place because in in earnest black dog briar is there to get jack sparrow and for some reason they think that sparrow is being locked up at the fort uh but there's no there's no spanish soldiers on the floor to help you attack the crew it's just you and your crew and you're dealing with an onslaught of uh ghost pirates that show up on the beach and it felt like there there was an idea and they accomplished what the base of the idea was but it didn't have the scope or scale that i was hoping for when i realized after i got past the point of traversing the different elements of that fort uh that what was going to happen was an actual uh assault on that fort and while i think that they did a great job with what they uh, what they set out to do uh at the end of it i felt like i was just kind of left shrugging and and wondering you know was this intended to be something more uh amazing have i been shortchanging myself by only having one or one person with me at the time like i've i've only ever done that solo or i've only ever done that once with my wife and you know that that's it i've never gone in with a galleon crew and and experienced it that way so is that something that is is better appreciated with uh, more players or or did it feel lackluster to anyone else? 
Uh, that kind of piggybacks to my, just my general overall feeling about all of them. In, in that regard, I felt like they were all lackluster, regardless of crew size. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so on that fort, there is only one, maybe two cannons that are actually accessible to players. So it doesn't matter how big your crew is, you have to take it in turns to, <laughs> to take a shot with the cannon to get the commendation. Oh yeah, when you're when you're dealing with a uh, Barbosa ship, right? Yeah, that's at the town, not at the fort. The fort, you just sit back and watch the Spanish shooting, and it's three of the cannons because one of the cannons, the cannoneer, is cowering in a corner. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, he's not even uh, participating where you could take his no. cannon. Yeah, it's like, would you get up and actually fight, or let me use your cannon, please? <laughs> So, did, did, I mean, did you feel like that was worthwhile? Like, did you feel like that was a good a good climax to that scenario? Or, or would it have been better if you could have actually tried to sink the other galleons? <laughs> it was a nice part of the story. I, I would have quite liked to have been able to use some of those cannons that are sitting there doing nothing and shoot back at them. Just just as part of an interaction before going down to the beach. Because um, otherwise you're just standing there and it's like, uh-huh, okay, we help. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, I guess I get why it was done the way it was done, because that particular tall tale is we were reliving Axe memories, right? Yes. Well, we were... So we were in his memories, uh, which were crafting the Sea of the Damned. Um, I still have question on whether or not it took place in the present because we could interact with them. So I'm not sure like that's it's a that is an, a really good question. Like, are we just interacting with memories or is something going on in the Sea of the Damned that just happens to be taking place in a world that is crafted from memories? Yeah, but yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. Like, I kind of had those same questions, like it's part of it, you feel like you are, you know, in Harry Potter, when he you know goes into the pensive and sees you know the memories mm. or whatever, you know you, you yes. can't interact, but it's all happening all around. There's parts that really felt like that, but then at the same time, there were parts that you did interact with, and so it was just I just found it a little confusing. Maybe I I actually have a comparison to make to this from what I can understand. That have you ever played Dragon Age Inquisition? No, it's on my list though. So in the Dragon Age, actually all the games, there's this thing called the Fate, which is essentially, I guess you could say, the afterlife, so to speak, the where souls go. Mm -hmm. But it's mostly inhabited by spirits. And in Dragon Age Inquisition, Solus says, "Oh, the Fate is a natural representation of the battle because if you go to if he goes to a uh, spot where a battle was a great battle was fought, it was between two di different armies where." Every, every one of the perspectives of the uh, spirits was different because where some would see a great general leading them into battle while the other side would diff would see it differently as to a warmonger leading in barbarians against them. So what I'm thinking is that it's not just Jack's memories, but it's the people that it was also based around that also see something different. So I think that's also tying into what happens in the Sea of the Damned. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Mina, what were you thinking? Well, Happy was saying about it's the the fort is part of Jack's kind of memories, as it were. Um, but the town is part of them as well. And you can use cannons on it, although it, they, you can shoot at the ships, but they don't really do anything. They just kind of go, yeah, you did a thing, but it's not going to make the ships go away. 
Does that mean that you you can interact with the memories, but you can't change the past in that case? I would say so, yeah. Okay. That kind of lends credence to Hefe then, saying that, that uh, they are the memories and that, that we're just kind of much like the, the perfect Harry Potter pensive uh, connection. I, I You can be there, but you're not actually changing anything, that it is all set in stone and we are supplanting someone else uh in in the instance that that for example black dog briar we obviously have to kill the skeletons or not the skeleton oh man i'm reverting uh we have to kill the ghosts to progress the the memory uh but we're not actually we're not actually impacting the outcome moving on unless anyone has anything uh they want to jump on for for tall tale three uh let's dive into um Tall Tale 4 and Tall Tale 5, because I tend to look at these two as a pairing and uh, something that should be done right after each other. But with Tall Tale 4, uh, we got to venture out back to a coral fortress, uh, not unlike the sunken uh, kingdom, and get to roam around in some really beautiful areas. Uh, I, I absolutely love these areas. I love that they're areas that you can go explore anytime and just kind of enjoy. Uh, but how did everyone feel with Tall Tale 4? Uh, did you enjoy the the puzzles? Did you uh, interact with the murals uh, the first time through or did it take a couple tries? Uh, what did you think of the the cinematic fight at the end? Uh, and what did you think of the the pipe organ in the in the in Davy Jones's in uh, a ship as far as oh, what is it the Flying Dutchman? My God, why am I forgetting that? What did you guys feel about that before we jump into uh, five? Four was my favorite. I loved it. Um, just in all aspects. The fact that we got to interact with the Dutchman, you got to interact with the the organ. I thought that was really cool. And then the actual Sea of Thieves lore. Uh, it was just, I mean, things that we've been, the things that have been building and building and building and building now for years, it seems like things are finally starting to come to a head. Sort of. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, or out of all of them, I think four was my favorite. Yeah, it was definitely very Goonie-esque. When I took part in it, it was like, yeah, we're going to go down the water slide. I'm thinking Goonies. And then obviously you get the the, the organ. It's like, oh, really? It is, it is, it is the Goonies then. Yeah. Yeah. The, if I could add one thing to that fight, um, I think that that area, because and this is something that it's a deep cut. So bear with me on this. But in the Goonies movie, uh, there was a scene that was taken out because of the complexity of what was going on. And I can imagine that they probably had the same thing in Sea of Thieves where it would have been fun to put this in. But in Goonies, uh, when they slide down the waterfall and they pop out and they fall into the big pool where um, the, the ship is kind of just sitting in storage uh, there was intended to be a fight with a giant octopus and it never made it to the theatrical cut. There's some clips of what it would have been like on YouTube. If you dig in, you can find that kind of stuff. Uh, while we fight the ocean crawlers um, after we interact with the organ, I think it would have been really interesting um, if there had been point and purpose to all of the uh, kegs that are not kegs, but the barrels that are out in the water that are chained to the floor that are just kind of floating up that you can get resources from if there was something like uh crack and tentacles that did come in uh alongside the the ocean crustaceans and uh or the ocean crawlers 
and you'd have to deal with, you know, big tentacles coming up and trying to attack you uh, on top of actually having those those ocean crawlers off in the distance. Because a lot of the time it felt like I was just waiting for the next wave and I would just shoot a couple cannons onto the thing and the next wave would pop up and we'd get a couple ocean crawlers uh, hop on deck and I would kill them. Uh, but I had plenty of time to plan all of that out. So before I even interacted with the can or with the, uh, the the pipe organ, I'd go and I'd gather up all the different um, uh, what are they called? The tridents. Uh, so I'd get the tridents. Oh yeah, it's like the dark tri or tridents of dark tide or something. Uh, I'd gather those up and drop them all over by the ammo crate, and I would hang out on the top two uh, cannons that you can interact with on the top of the top deck, and I would just whale away at the things on the edges and uh then when something would pop on deck i would grab one of the tridents and i would kill it really quickly and then wait for the next wave and i felt like there was a larger element given the set piece that that ship is that was missing and i kind of wish that they had taken a nod from the missing scene in goonies and put it into sea of thieves as a way to say like hey you know goonies never got to have this in it i think it would be great if we kind of retconned goonies in sea of thieves to include that octopus fight as as part of the uh, the, you know, um, uh, one eyed Willie interaction on the ship. Am I off base here? Do you guys think that that would be fun? Was was that fight enough for you or or is that just something that like would would really add to the uh, to the overall encounter? I think there was probably enough going on in that fight as it was. It already went on longer than I really felt it had to. Really? Yeah, there was a couple of times where it would kind of there's a bit of a pause and it's like, cool, we, we did that. Oh no, here's some more coming again. And it's like, after the second time of that happening, it's just like, can can we just be done now? Okay, so it went on too long for you. Hefe, uh, Munchie, what did you guys think? As big of a room as that is, sure, something else could have been going on. I don't know if the Kraken would have been the right answer, just simply because that room was closed off and they did it they would have to have done it in a way where we could see the full body because at this point you know that kraken is out there and you would assume that it would be, would be this one of the same ones that we maybe have encountered before um but the fact that you can jump in the water and see and fight the uh, sirens it would have to have been something different than the regular world encounter of the kraken mm -hmm. i would think I I feel from what I've seen and what I've heard about these tall tales is that I think the pirates craving tall tales are just built to cater towards rares. Um, one, it's partnership now uh, that it, now it has the licensing to play around with the uh, Pirates Caribbean, uh, I guess you could say, title to uh, just mess around with its world building, which I, I feel that our resident big boy up top would uh, have had a lot of fun with. So they they did they definitely nailed it in that aspect to where it's it does build an environment that does captivate anyone who goes through it. It's just, of course, it's on the rails. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess for me, it was I was just kind of uh, hoping that we would get that encore performance from the Kraken. We got to see it the one time in, in Tall Tale 2 and outside of the uh, the world event that we get, which was has been in the game since launch. I, I would have loved to have had a, another opportunity to kind of, you know, have that have that Kraken want to try and, and get us once more as kind of like a, uh, you know, you, you, you got me the first time. I'm not going to be that foolish to expose my head uh a second time kind of thing and just try and hit you with tentacles or something but uh, i can i can definitely respect that that 
you don't want to have to hang around and wait for all these different waves. Uh, time is, is valuable and I can understand that for sure. Moving into Tall Tale 5, uh, how did everyone feel about Tall Tale 5? Did, or actually, before we jump on to Tall Tale 5, we got the Gold Hoarder again. Uh, what did you guys think of the Gold Hoarder fight with uh, Jack Sparrow hopping around and stuff? I like the different, like, different things that he does. Like how, you know, I, I like kicking the, the crates off, off the ledge. And just, they just, I, f- I felt a lot more live, I guess, out of, out of everything in all those tall tales. I feel like that, that one scene there was probably one of the, it, it necessarily wasn't interactive. I mean, there were some things you had to do, you know, move some, move some beams, you know, raise this, lower that. Uh, but Evan Jack kind of, you know, bouncing around, doing different things, I thought was a, a nice touch. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was really cinematic. It felt like a movie where, you know, there's multiple things going on and you're dealing with one aspect on the deck. And, you know, Elizabeth and and, uh, and, and Will are fighting, you know, crustaceans on the deck while Jack is up fighting Davy Jones on a on a mast uh, on, on one of the spars. And it felt like one of those things where where, you know, this was like different progressions through a fight. And instead of it just being the gold hoarder, you know, leaping, uh, digging down, coming back up, sprinkling a bunch of skeletons to get spawned and then leaping again. This felt like there were different elements that things were escalating as as it went along and more and more enemies were coming. And then things were changing as, you know, cannons were being dropped and you could use them to break the shell. And then as a result, you'd actually have to fight the gold hoarder. And it felt like the natural progression in a fight that told a story better than uh, most of the other types of fights that we've had against like skeleton lords or ashen lords, you know, things like that. Uh, and I and I think if they if they decided to go further with other boss fights that are on land, uh, I would love that. Um, but jumping into Tauntail 5, uh, this was an instance where we we got an opportunity to go to an area that is actually being raised from the ocean We've never seen islands move in the game before now. Uh, how did everyone feel about this this erection of this giant uh, coral tower that came out of nowhere? And Davy, Davy Jones's uh, cloud appear in the sky and dealing with all these ghost fleets. Was that was that a pretty good end for the tall tales like this? Did this escalate to the point where you felt like you were coming to the head of all of the other tall tales? I think so. Um, I thought it looked really cool seeing that rise, seeing up out of the ocean and stuff. And when all those other ships come to join you to help, that was just like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I really love the the, the different crewmates coming in. Pad, what were you going to say? Um, I was going to say that Tortel 5 was my favorite. Really? First time around. Yes. Um, as Mina just said, um, having Morningstar and um pearl and black witch that's the black witch yes um having them all spawn up and obviously the the epic music then starts it's like i'm sat there just in awe watching it um my only addition for that would be if they can do it for the coral thing coming up and the statues coming up why can they not do it for the portals they know Hefe wants them gone because they're just pain in the horizon if you when you start the tall tales the portals should come out of the ground or come out of the water sorry rather than always being there 
Um, but yes, yeah, Telltale Five, awesome. You know, I hadn't considered that. I actually agree. Uh, I, I would, I would love it if the functionality of the portals worked just like that tower. Um, I, I definitely feel like the portals are an eyesore. I, I didn't expect those when I saw them uh, and figured out what they were. I didn't expect those to show up, even if you weren't in the the regular Sea of Thieves. Um, I was okay with a lot of the rocks that kind of spurred up out of nowhere. Uh, it kind of changed the horizon and you had to take into account uh, line eye lines uh, on the horizon. So you couldn't always see what was coming at you all of the time. It definitely gave crews an opportunity to sneak up on on ships. But uh, there's some great horizon uh, image or like views that you can get. Uh, I'm thinking like the the islandscapes that you can see from Sanctuary Outpost. And uh, those those portal stones, they, they ruin that. They really do. Um, it, it's kind of and frustrating to see a giant rock structure right in front of this beautiful island where used to be a, a really nice view of smugglers bay and you know pickeroon palms and lone cove and stuff um but kind of to stay on topic um tall tale five we got to have this really amazing uh culmination of Davy Jones's fleet come up with uh like you mentioned the black pearl rose and george's ship the black witch uh, they all kind of came out and started laying siege to that. Uh, what did you guys think of working through that fight? Um, and how does it compare to Flameheart? Uh, I really liked having like the, the other, those other crews there. That was really cool. Um, and I guess the second phase of that fight, well, I don't know, even with all of it, again, it just seems like back to my one critique of all of it. I just feel like that a whole lot of work really didn't have to go into that to really progress things forward outside of shooting the giant statues of times. I mean, yeah, you had to pop some holes in some skelly ships or some ghost ships, but I mean, if you just sat there, Jack does it for you. Yeah, Jack is definitely, if you need any long-range shots taking, leave him to do it because he will hit the shot every single time. He can't hit anything that's literally 10 yards away, but he can hit it if it's half a mile away. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely did his work uh on that as well too at least up until the point where he abandons you for the black pearl and uh you're you're left to your own devices uh what did everyone think about traversing the the tower did that feel like a good end to that story as far as uh, uh teodoma taking out the uh the locket at the at the, the top of the spire yeah i thought that was pretty good i was i'm, I'm still confused why what's his name's up there um Beckett? Yeah, Beckett, yeah. I, I still don't understand how he tied into the story unless it's going to be opening things up for things happening later on. Yeah, I can see that. It's, it is a weird thing considering we hadn't seen him at all. And outside of Davy Jones, he's the only Pirates of the Caribbean villain that really encroaches on the tall tales. And it didn't it didn't make sense. I think the, your sentiment is is shared among most uh, I mean, unless you guys tell me I'm wrong. Awesome. Well, uh, was there anything else you guys wanted to jump into or was there something that I missed with the Tall Tale Fives that you wanted to uh, talk about before we head out? I would just say in general, I think Rare did a fantastic job. They these there was a fantastic story and just all the things they've added added to the game through this just and then just the scenery of all these things. It, overall, amazing job. Two thumbs way up. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. They they were brilliant. I liked, as was mentioned, that 
in Tall Tale 4, there's a bit of a culmination of, and a, a kind of head to a lot of the story that's already been happening in Sea of Thieves, and I very much look forward to seeing where that also goes. Um, but they were all brilliant, and I loved them. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys all jumping in and sharing some thoughts. I think we had uh, some very good criticisms on the the actual tall tales. I think this is one of those things where it's it's tough to want to say anything bad because I, I personally enjoyed all of them immensely. I'm still playing them over and over again. Uh, I'm, I think I'm up to like my fourth or fifth time on most of them, uh, just continuing to, to push through them and see if there's anything new that I'm missing uh, as I, as I kind of encroach them. And I've even been spending time with my wife, uh, kind of moving through them little by little. Um, and, and I, ironically enough, have a, one of the criticisms that you have as far as them being on rails has been one of the, the positive aspects of them for, uh, my playthrough with my wife, uh, having them being kind of sectioned off and moving in a general forward direction has helped kind of give her a guiding path on what to do. Uh, I think the fort was the first time where she actually genuinely had trouble kind of working out where she needed to go, what needed to be done, what the the next step was. And she would kind of run around looking for something to interact with because it wasn't uh, abundantly clear. Like, I, I think we got stuck on the the well for quite a while because she she found the uh, the lock pick, but she didn't discover the hole in the well that you have to swim through. Uh, so I was I was trying to give her like subtle hints on on what to do at that point. So um, as far as like, you know, for seasoned pirates, this is going to be a piece of cake uh, for those that are jumping into it. Hopefully you're learning some good uh, mechanics that will help translate into adventure mode. Uh, I, I think that while this has been a great show for what Sea of Thieves can do to tell a story, I'm very curious what the next set of tall tales will give us, because uh, there's definitely been some lessons learned from the original 10 plus the uh, the the future three that I think they put out uh, that have shown that they've understood what works and what doesn't work with tall tales. And I'm looking forward to seeing whatever lessons that they learned from making these five uh, and how those translate into future tall tales. Uh, as we leave, I'm very curious, uh, Munchie, do you think we're getting any future tall tales in, in the near future? Yes. Because I know they're not they're not done with that at all. No, they're they're going they're going to give us new tall tales, whether or not it's soon, though, depending on whether or not it will continue the Flameheart saga or build upon Pirates Caribbean, because I feel like everything going forward is going to tie in with the latest incursion into the Sea of Thieves with Davy Jones and all that. But I think if they build upon how they did um, the uh, the last Flameheart Telltale and then the way they did Shores of Gold, where, yes, there's a lot of things you can discover. You can figure things out really easily. It's it's not entirely linear, but it's not also on the rails either, if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, I do definitely feel that they will bring a tall tale, another one soon, but not as soon as I would hope. Okay. Uh, Hefe, if we get new tall tales, do you think that we're going to be fighting uh, Davy Jones again? Uh, I hope 
not before we have some kind of conclusion with Flameheart. Okay. Uh, he can come back. It's fine. I'm okay with that. But I, I want some actual Sea of Thieves lore next. Ooh, fair, fair. Uh, Mina, who's actually the captain? Is it the cursed captain? No, oh, I don't know. There's so many different options. I feel like you know. I you don't know. I feel like you know. It's me. <laughs> Mina very no. confirmed to be the captain. <laughs> no. Um I I'm not sure yet. I would have to dig more deeply into it a bit. I'm I'm, I'm not sure yet. Do you do you want a new Banny or, or or do you want Flameheart over first? Um I kind of want Flameheart over first. <laughs> He's so annoying. Um and I'm like Obviously, that storyline has kind of gotten so far, but it's not done. I would like that. I do think that in in the Tales of the Sea of Thieves, then there is a mention of a captain. And I wonder if maybe he might show up at some point to help. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be a baddie or on our side. Um, there's so many things that they still have to kind of tie up a little bit or just add a little bit more to that it could be anything that's fair very true um leaving it to the last member big bad pad uh if we uh you're in charge of the next two tall tales and you get to decide where they are set the portals allow us to teleport anywhere thanks to the help with uh jack and his treasure where are the two next two tall tales going to take place I, th I think going back to Hefe's um uh, talking about obviously the expansion of the map i think down. I think we need to have some more uh, mermaid uh, siren action. That sounded wrong, but there you go. Um, <laughs> also, I, I hate to say it, but I think I'm going to agree with Caleb that I think the captain is you in skelly form, and you are bad. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yes, I, I think we're going to be going down. Um, I, uh, and yes, I would very much like one of them to be the end of Flameheart, because I am fed up of seeing his ugly mug in the sky um, and getting shouted at when I sail through his fleet. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can see Disney being involved. I just hope that it is more say, a Sea of Thieves than it is Disney. I think hopefully Disney have seen how well Rare can tell a story um, and take a back seat with the next two or three that come out. Cool. Well, I'm going to I'm going to say this was a, a good episode. Uh, I really loved having you all join me. Um, we, we don't get to talk as much as I want. And I, I definitely appreciate your all uh, be your, you all being here and sharing your thoughts. Uh, Munchie, welcome. You're you're very new to our our group. But uh, I really, really thought you had some good points and some good opinions there. So thank you for joining. Uh, Hefe, as always, thank you. I appreciate everything that you do for the community. Mina and Big Bad Pad. You were the two across the seas, and I, I, I wish you guys were closer so that it would make uh, visiting you a, a lot easier than trying to book a flight to uh, to join over or to fly over to England and spend time with you. But I'm hoping that that will actually be a thing next year with the uh, are, SOT are, Fest. Are you planning on coming over to see if these fests then? I am planning on coming, uh, whether that actually okay, works out. Because what we're, what we're planning on doing is coming over to FA Fest.
Half a fest. At some point, either next year. I'm not. Or we are coming. <laughs> yes, we are, Mina. We are coming over to visit Hefe and a lot of the late night crew and the late late night crew. <laughs> <laughs> and Hefe is doing all the cooking. I've been hearing rumor of this. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. What I'm are ready. you? Let's do it. <laughs> what are you cooking, Hefe? What are, What can I expect? I have no idea. I just got to come up with the menu. Whatever y'all want. <laughs> I can. Do, I, I can. I can. Do, I can do it all. As long as it's not bananas, we're okay. That's fine. I had an interesting thought about how we are okay putting cheese on a hamburger, which is uh, beef, but we don't put cheese on a steak unless you call it a Philly cheese steak, in which case it's okay. So, Hefe, maybe we could uh, maybe we could cook up a steak and I can throw a slice of uh, American cheese on top and see if people get freaked out. If you do a really good Parmesan crust on a steak... Is actually really good. Ah, that sounds amazing. All right. Well, I'm going to go get food because now I'm hungry. Uh, thank you, Munchie, Hefe, Mina, Pad. Thank you all so much for joining me. Uh, I love you all. I appreciate you all so much. It means the world that we get to do this every month. Um, think of some next topics uh, that you guys want to talk about, unless we get some new news and you guys want to talk about that. Uh, I think our next one is going to be August 28th. Uh, that is the last Saturday of the month. It's going to be around 11 a.m. Pacific time, um, 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Uh, British Standard Time. Is British Standard Time an hour ahead of GMT right now? Yes. Okay. So it's 8 p.m. GMT, uh, 4 a.m. If you're in the one of the three time zones that Australia has because it has weird half hour time zones for some reason. Uh, unless you're in New Zealand, which is a, an hour behind that. But anyway, I love you guys. Thank you all so much for joining. And uh, we will adjourn for now. And I will see you all in a month. cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for cyberpunk 2077 are you looking to brush up on the lore stay up on all the latest news and talk about the game when it comes out check out the cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from robots radio with me your host robots we'll go over all the details you need to know about the world characters and story of cyberpunk available on itunes spotify google play and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Hey, Guardians. We are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside.